This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I am beyond excited to have our next guest on the show this week and this is a familiar face to those who also follow Hoxo who are possibly on LinkedIn for more than a few minutes a day. This will be a face and voice that I'm hoping you'll be very familiar with but for those who are not yet this is Joel Lelging. How are you? Alicia, I'm doing great. It is an honor to be on the show. And I'm super excited. I can't believe this is the first time we've actually had a conversation and met like this. So it kind of blows me away. I feel like I know you because of the, your presence on social media, which is clearly why I've invited you onto the channels today. But, you know, we're connected. We're both from Lancashire, believe it or not, guys. Let's go, Blackpool. Let's go, Blackpool. We're going to tag all the <laughs> people on here. So for those who have been living under a rock, for the last yeah. two years or so. Explain who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm based in uh, North America, as you can tell by my accent, which I think Americans, they still think I sound English, but I was uh, from England originally, moved over to the U.S. Uh, in my teenage years, and I've been in recruitment, the recruitment space for, it's coming up to six years. Uh, primarily worked at a really cool startup in the U.S. Uh, watched them just explode. I think we went from six people to 80 people in five years. Wow. And they, since the pandemic, they've doubled uh, in size and they're looking to uh, double again over the next three months. So uh, just grew up in a really, really cool recruitment environment, really innovative. Um, and about two years ago, I started, I just started to see um, a trend on LinkedIn of people building audiences. And I got really um, interested in that. And I found out that, wow, I really enjoy writing. I really enjoy creativity. So uh, now I've, I've kind of crossed over from recruitment and running a full desk and, uh, you know, meeting clients and, and filling roles to uh, marketing and helping recruiters with um, skills that I think aren't just for LinkedIn. LinkedIn's primarily where those skills are used right now, but I just think the skill set of getting attention, building community, and understanding how to uh, be a presence in the space that you're in is just going to be a skill set that's going to be more and more valuable in the future. So that's what I'm doing. I'm helping helping recruiters understand how to do that um, and working with Hoxo to do that as well and, and launch them in the US, which is super exciting. Very exciting. And I can see why you're the man to do that job. And you also have your own podcast as well. You're a fellow broadcaster. I am. Yeah. So I, I would consider mine more of like a live show than a podcast. But now we've we've recently started repurposing it into a podcast. We just got really cool sponsor, uh, Volcanic. Uh, and yeah, it's, you know, basically just, again, from my time in a recruitment space, I started to see people were doing podcasts and I thought you know what I'd love to do that I love conversations I love to meet people and I've had the honor like the first guest I had with a guy was a guy called Lou Adler who is really big in the states I think he's got over a million followers on LinkedIn and um, that was my first guest which really helped leverage uh, a lot of other guests on the show so I've, I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of big names and uh, yeah I love it and and I find that when you connect with people who are just better than you and just have, have more experience you learn and I think uh, that's been the best part is like I just get to learn and, and I get to see that some of the most successful people are really down to earth and really 
humble and uh, they're always willing to to give value as well. So it's been a really cool experience. That's the sign of a true leader, isn't it? That they're prepared to share their experience because ultimately- Yeah, so, sometimes I'm sweating and nervous and then they're just like, so like, kind of like, there's still an authority and you can tell when somebody's really accomplished, but they're not arrogant with it and, and cocky. And I think that, yeah, like you said, that is the sign of a true leader. I love it. It is. And I think that, you know, the, the world's changed, hasn't it? And I think whether you're leading a team of, you know, a thousand people or whether you're a one person, you know, sole trader, you've still got something to, yep. something to A, you've got something to share, but you B, you've got something to learn. So I think it's, I think humility is a very underplayed trait in the world, to be honest with you. So it's lovely to know that you're sharing stories too. And that, and that's the purpose of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is to share best practice. You know, why would we sit and hold yep. on to the best advice out there? Let's make each other better because that way we elevate the sector and we elevate each other as human beings, don't we? So you are without yeah, a shadow it. of a doubt, the king of LinkedIn. And I don't doubt anybody would disagree with me on that. So how how did you go about doing that? I mean, you talk about that you were aware about a couple of years ago of it becoming more audience focused. So how have you actually done it? Yeah, I think initially when I, when I started, I naturally I just throw myself into things some are very and I think all of us in recruitment uh, are like that like it's really easy to just be really goal-driven and try and figure things out solve problems and uh, and so I think early on in my journey I I just spent hours and hours and hours uh, consuming other people's content and engaging with other people's content so probably for about six months and this might be <laughs> Maybe not not encouraging people to hear, uh, but it's the truth. But I, I would spend you know four or five hours engaging with other people's content and just consuming it. So I'd look at the content that did well, yeah. and I'd read it, I'd respond to it, I'd leave lots and lots of comments. Uh, I also started networking locally with other people who were pretty big on the platform. So Milwaukee, which is uh, where I live in in the states, there's a lot of really big. LinkedIn influencers, for lack of a better word. So like people like Shay Robottom, uh, there's a guy, Quinton Allams, who was really big on LinkedIn video in the States. Um, they were based in Milwaukee. So I just started going to like local events. And um, I think understanding that, you know, that community on LinkedIn is, is really big and just on social media in general. So if you look at TikTok, Instagram, whatever, whatever platform, what you'll typically find is that big influencers kind of group together and they support each other, uh, sometimes artificially. Um, but I just threw myself into it and just learning and learning things about the algorithm and learning what works, testing a lot. Um, I think last year I posted a thousand times, which is about three to four times a day and just really testing like what works, what doesn't. And just, you know, I would see somebody's post that would say, don't do this. And I'd go, okay, let's do it and actually what see happened? what happens. Exactly. And uh, made a lot of mistakes, uh, you know, and, and we can get into those. But one of the things that I'm passionate about now is, you know, you don't have to spend three, six months trying to like figure out this stuff anymore. Uh, I want to be that, you know, that person that kind of helps guide people through that and um, depends on what your goals are, right, to be successful on LinkedIn. And a lot of us will look at the likes, the comments, all this sort of stuff. But um, I'm always interested, like, let's get into the DMs. Let's take a look at uh, how you're actually converting those relationships or how you're, how you're converting those things offline. Um, yeah, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense. 
And I wonder whether or not that LinkedIn will follow the Instagram where you can actually dysfunction the like and the, you know, the fact that it's not then about that. It's about how many people are actually viewing. Because for me, it's about views. How many people have viewed one of my posts is probably more important to me. And it's very telling that if I share an actual job advert, which we do as a Canva, it's all very visual. I might only get one or two likes because the reality is my target market is not going to like a job advert because obviously their boss will see. Exactly. But I will get yep. you know, a hit rate of maybe one or two people that are my target audience that will then DM me. And to me, that's more important 100%. than maybe their four or 500 likes on a picture of, you know, me out with my team or me with my now deceased, sadly, dog, you know, and those are great. They're great for building your brand about showing who I am, the sort of the, pers the personal content piece. But actually, it's I do think it's about what value it brings. So I think that's really interesting. And I think, you know, there's there, there will be leaders probably sat there a little bit nervous or a bit uncomfortable thinking, you know, I'm not going to encourage my team to go and sit there for four or five hours a day. Well, you don't need to. That's the whole point of the Hawks yeah, Academy. Exactly. The Hawks exactly. Academy is plagiarizing what you and Sean learned over that period of time where you you did it over a period of years. And you can then yeah. break that down into component factors where ultimately you're making it an off the shelf thing. So I think, you know, nobody ever achieves a level of success without a lot of bloody hard graft. And you clearly did that. Yeah. And, and I, I would look at it almost like, just like I would in, in recruitment, you would never tell somebody starting in recruitment to just go do it and figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there is an element to that, I guess, in terms of figuring out how to converse with people and, and your sales pitch and everyone's slightly different but most recruitment agencies uh, that want to grow and want to scale are going to say hey this is a process that's proven this is what works and you bring someone new into the industry you teach them the basics of foundations mm -hmm. um, and you know really if you want to be effective with your time you you've got to allocate times to do things and you gotta have a strategy around it and i think you know, for us, we want to get people to a point where 30 minutes a day, um, you're able to do the right activities that are going to propel you, you forward. Now, is this, you know, is it 30 minutes a day is going to solve your sales issues or your, your you know, fill roles magically? No, uh, but the 30 minutes a day over time is going to compound and, and that's where you start to see the results. And I think that's what it is for, for me. It's like you, like you said, you don't want to be doing four or five hours. I only did that because I had no idea what I was doing and no, there was no one there to show me. Um, but 30 minutes of real clear strategy uh, can go a long way. And, and that's, that's our goal. And, uh, and so I think that hopefully gives a little bit of peace of mind to anybody who's listening. Who's like, yeah, I don't want my people on there all day. We don't either. We want, yeah. we want you to just, we want you to spend that 30 minutes, get the great results. Um, and then we have great stories so we can sell more. Uh, so uh that's our goal for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's the compound effect, isn't it? You know, you could go and run a marathon for six, seven hours, or you could have a personal trainer come in and say, right, in 30 minutes, you could do a hit where you're going to burn as many calories. You're going to have as much yeah. benefit cardiovascularly to doing a marathon, but you can do it in 30 minutes rather than six hours where you're going to listen to the personal trainer. And you're, you're effectively that for personal branding and understanding what to actually do. I mean, I'm absolutely testament to that. I was doing all the right things. I was on LinkedIn, but I had absolutely no strategy to what I was doing. So I would sometimes spend a whole day scrolling, not, you know, sharing a bit of stuff, connecting with people, not really thinking about what I was doing and what it does, what, what the Academy does is it makes you mindful 
of what you're doing, but it also gives you those, you know, those components that anyone can do, but it's just having that yeah. objectivity and that, and that expertise. So, I mean, the, te the testimony always speaks for itself, but that's why I'm a very proud ambassador to Hoxo. So we've, we've talked about LinkedIn and, and I think you mentioned the, the dreaded word, the algorithm, which they're always oh, tricking yeah. us. They're always tricking us. And even as we record it now, they're probably doing something else that's going to wipe something else. So if you were the master of LinkedIn, which we know you're the king of LinkedIn, but if you were the master and you were in charge of it, what would you make it capable of? Yes, I mean, it's such a great question. Like I know that ultimately the goal of LinkedIn is to keep people on the on the platform. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of what they're doing right now, which is, they're making things last longer on the platform. So, you know, one, one of the things that you might've heard a couple of years ago was like the magic hour with mm -hmm. posts where if yeah. you got, you had to get all the activity in the first hour and what that led people to do is led them to basically get into groups, organized groups yeah. where they would DM whatever that post is. Yeah, a, an engagement group or a pod. Uh, but the other thing that it encouraged people to do then was like, if the post wasn't doing well, then, hey, I'm going to just DM it to, just random people and try and get engagement for them or I'll tag people because if I tag people they'll get awareness and although I like the concept of good content lasting longer I just think that they've kind of gone extreme with it um, the other thing that I think that they could do a better job of would be um, kind of saving like your favorite creators uh, so just having like a section and you can do this on sales navigator to a certain point but just having like a list of like truly top people that you follow i think having like different alerts so potentially having like a bell for like hey alert me every time this person posts alert me like sometimes when this person posts or alert me once in a while i think all of those things would help um and and to be honest like the biggest feature that i think they're missing out on or the one that's really a pain is the dm feature i think the dm is just terrible and dms get lost it'd be great if they could sort them more um because as you can imagine, you know, I get tons and tons of DMs and it's really, really hard to manage. And I, I'm not just managing DMs, you know, I'm managing HubSpot, I'm managing uh, my email, just like all of us. And, uh, and so to have DMs be the way it is, where it's just so one dimensional and there's no way to archive a group or, it's, or make like that more messages. important. If you, if you get like, say 20 in a day or something, and you're doing everything else yes. and juggling everything. And then you and then you think, oh my God, you, sometimes I just think, right, I'm just gonna go back through all my DMs just just to see. And there'll be one in there, you think, I didn't even see that message. I yeah, and even like with follow-up on people with sales, it's so hard to do. Like if it's like, how do you do that if you're like, you know, I go through and it's like I sent a guy, you know, one message or I sent him a voice note, and I gotta follow up and it's like I have to scroll. Go back through, it's terrible. It's better on your phone, but I think I agree with you totally. And with regards to what you just said there, I mean, on Facebook, you can favorite somebody so their posts come up first as a preference. So why can't LinkedIn do that? Yeah, it's, I think they try, I mean, I think that's, a, that is what like the algorithm is supposed to do, right? So that, yeah. so one of my arguments for posting a lot is, Number one, everybody doesn't see your posts in a day. So I've got 50,000 followers. I don't get 50,000 views every time I post. Um, and so I know that they test it with a portion of my followers. And then if they like it, what happens is, is one of my other posts will show up later on as they keep scrolling. Because I've noticed if I like someone's post, 
they show up more as I'm scrolling. Yeah. Uh, so the algorithm tries to do that. Um, but, you know, it's like, I, if I want to see somebody's posts, really like the only, the only solution people have come up with is have like favorites on your, you know, your book, bookmark their, their pages and go to them manually. And I just think that that sucks. So, yeah. yeah. I agree with you totally. Well, who knows what they've got in store for us, but I think they last, can- last thing I think they could do is to disc. I think they could have a better discover page too. So like on Instagram, you know, like when you yeah. get the magnifying glass and it shows you content from people you don't know, but it's related to your hashtags. TikTok has a for you page. LinkedIn is too based on like your connections and what they like. And so if you go and like something, just because we're connected doesn't mean I like everything that you like. So it doesn't really make any sense. I want a discover page for like hashtag recruitment or hashtag. It's on Spotify based on your playlist. So why can't you do it on LinkedIn? Totally true. Sorry, I'm getting too, the product managers are going to listen to this and they're going to be pissed off about it. They're going to be like, just delete what you're saying. So we want to create kings and queens of content. That's the aim of Hoxo. That's the aim of what you do. It's the aim of, I guess, of what I do as well. So what would be your sort of three top must-dos and what are your three must-not-dos? We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, great. I think 
The, the top one for me is, like you said, it's switching the mindset of LinkedIn activity. You got to switch it to this is business development. Yep. Because the if you don't, then it's not going to be, it's not going to be a priority, mm. uh, which leads to the second point. You got to be consistent. Okay. And, you know, I, I just, again, look at it, recruitment. You never just tell somebody in their first week of, of recruitment um, if they haven't, you know, if they've done cold calling, you would never tell them to just give up after a week. You wouldn't tell them to give up after a month. You yeah. just say, hey, you got to push through, yeah. trust the process. Yeah. LinkedIn's the same way. So, you know, be consistent as well. Um, and then number three, I, I think you just got to engage with other people and, yeah. uh, and build that community as well. Uh, and so, you know, seek out people who are on a similar mission to you. Even if they're a slight competitor, that's okay. It, it, you know, the, you can't work with everybody. And in recruitment, if you work with everybody, you know, it doesn't even make any sense who you're going to pull from. So, and, and in reality, in recruitment, you don't need that many clients. You need good clients and, you know, but you don't want, a, you don't want a thousand clients as, as one person. Yeah. So just, you know, build that community, engage with others. As far as mistakes go, um, to me, the, the biggest mistake is like just checking the box for social media. I, I think this is on every platform. You are just going to waste your money and you're going to throw it away if you just get somebody that's just going to post like mindless images that you're not connected to. You have to be involved. So if you are going to hire somebody, you need to be involved in that process. And you, and you can't get away from it. It'd literally be like hiring somebody. It'd be I like outsourcing every part of recruitment. It wouldn't make sense. Like you have to show up with those clients. You have to show up with those candidates that connecting with you. It's the same thing on LinkedIn. Um, I think number two, big mistake people make is they're literally just sharing um, links off the page. I think we, we've heard that one, but it's like sharing on LinkedIn doesn't do any good. Like again, if you're sharing a company update, if you're sharing an article, nothing wrong with sharing, but you've got to share your opinion. And that's, that's what I would say. So if you're going to share someone else's yeah. article, you've got to share your opinion with it. Uh, and then number three, I, I think this is kind of goes back to the consistency part. I think number three, it's like, just don't give up and think it's a waste of time after two weeks. And yeah. I think, I get it. As recruiters, we are trained to think of just short-term metrics. Like we track daily activity. It, it goes backwards, like quarter, month, week, day. Um, I think with a, with a brand, like you, you just, you can't view it like that. You have to see it more from like you said before, the compound effect where um, you don't take your money out of a, an investment after two weeks because it went up and down a couple of times. You keep it in there for the long term. Okay. And you've got to shift your mindset to that. If you don't, um, if you don't, I'm going to be looking at it and going, hey, I'm getting millions and millions of views and everybody knows who I am. And in 10 years, you'd be like, oh man, I need to start this now instead of just bite-sized chunks over time yeah. and uh, not getting hard on yourself about it either. No, I agree totally. And, and you know, I think that, you know, the, the world has changed. And I think everything that you've said there actually ties back in with something you said at the start. This isn't a strategy just for LinkedIn. You know, recruitment is no longer just a business development role. We have to be marketeers. We have to be consultative. We have to be thought leaders. 
all of these things, if you follow everything that Joel is saying, you will elevate yourself amongst your competition. And whilst you can use your competition to collaborate, I do, I'm a huge advocate of that. You know, I share a lot of um, competitors stuff because it's about building up the sector. You're, yeah. you're creating a voice and you, be, you become known. And it's not just about sharing stuff for the sake of having noise out there. Cause I think that would be my biggest avoid don't share stuff just for the sake of it. I think there needs to be a reason for you sharing it. I think otherwise people start to think, actually, you're quite disingenuous. You've got to be very authentic in what you're sharing, in my opinion. No, I, I, look, the biggest test for me is, and I notice this like when I start to meet people offline, is like the worst is when someone's like, yeah, I'm all about people. And then you meet them and they like don't even want to talk to you or they don't have the time or they're like, yeah, I'm all about giving back. <laughs> Yeah. And, and obviously that within reason, like I think of someone like Leah Turner pops up in my mind where she gets so many DMs and so many people like asking for free stuff. And I mean, she just posted about it today where she's like, Hey, I'm not just going to give free advice because that's be disrespectful of my paying clients. So there's a balance there. Um, and I'm, I'm dealing with that all the time because I have a tendency to just give, give, give. But what's happened is, is then people will just meet with me and kind of just like taking, taking, taking. So there's a balance with, with all of it. Um, but I think, like you said, it's that authenticity. And when you meet someone and the worst thing I say is like, if you, if you're posting something and then people meet you and they're like, yeah, you're way different than what you are online that you just, you need to adjust, you know, and, and that's okay. Uh, but the most powerful brands are going to be the ones that people like when they meet you offline or you meet you at like an industry event and they're like, Oh wow. Like you're the same person. Um, I am the same person, but people always say I'm far smaller than they think I'm going to be. <laughs> I, I think people think I'm quite loud and I'm always out there. They think I'm really tall, but I'm actually only five foot three. So I think I, that's cool. I agree with you a hundred percent because that's where for me, this this sort of the way that social media has put the spotlight on people you know you can't you can't mimic you can learn from other people you can watch yeah. what other people do and think god they do a great job there that i'm going to try and see, see if i can do it but if you are not authentic to yourself your brand your core values whatever your desk is whatever your job is actually you will get found out eventually by the by the offline stuff and i think that's such an important point to make that yeah. this isn't about just creating replicas and you know clones across the the platform because actually that's really boring yeah. isn't it yeah and I, and I think again i mean again it's like we talked about it before but everyone has different goals and i think right now like personal branding is really mm. you know it's it's a it's a big deal but um like for recruiters specifically i you don't need to go like i have to go wide to a certain degree because yeah. I'm, I'm meeting with people and showing them that I know the platform. So I, it's kind of my, my job is LinkedIn, but if you're hiring process engineers or, um, you know, a plant manager at a manufacturing facility or, uh, you know, a software engineer, you know, so a really small niche, um, like views, views do matter to a certain extent and engagement matters to a certain extent, but, um, not as much because a lot of those people aren't going to engage. I don't know too many process engineers that are like, oh, I got to check my LinkedIn. Uh, but over time, which is why you got to be a little bit patient with it because they're not as active on the platform. Over time, you start to learn more about what's valuable to that audience. You start to build that audience. And 
you know, and, and I, I think my goal for any recruit is this, like you want to be known in your niche. Like you want to be known in your sector. Now I've niched down, like that's why I focus on recruitment. I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be like the LinkedIn guy to help all organizations. I want to just be recruitment. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, so that's where I, I think you just, you do have to be careful, like worrying about those types of things. And, um, you know, like you said, like a lot of our, a lot of the people that you go after in, re, in your space, they're not going to be that active on the platform, no. but I promise you, if you've got 3000 people you're connected to and they're all within your target market over three months, six months to a year, they'll all get a feel for who you are. And then as you start to cold call them, as you start to reach out to them, they'll know who you are. Yeah. But like, oh, I've seen, seen your stuff around. Oh yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that. And to, to me, like that, maybe, maybe that's underwhelming to people. Maybe people are thinking that people are just going to reach out to you. God, I really want to work with you. But given how competitive recruitment is, yeah. if you, even if you've got a client you work with for 10 years, ask them how many times people are trying to reach out and get that business. Yeah. It's extremely competitive. So any edge Definitely. you can have, it's powerful. Um, so. It does. It's all very powerful stuff. And we both definitely encourage people to get the edge. So we'll ensure, obviously, that the Hoxo links, given that they sponsor the podcast, we will make sure they're on there prominently. And we know that you host a lot of the academies that I'm recommending people to go and do. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for basically supporting recruiters across the globe in making sure that they've got the best brand possible. Because ultimately, wow. this is how we live now. We, we're in a digital world. And, you know, the days of where it doesn't matter... Uh, I'm afraid of behind you. And if you're listening to this thinking, I really, really need to do something to make sure I've got that brand, then drop myself or Joel the message and we'll uh, get you get your hooks up to the academy. But thank you so much. And I know you're at the start of your day. I'm at the end of my day. Yes. It's been be so great, great to be here. Great. Yeah, I lo I've loved it. I, I think uh, the mission is awesome. I love that you're uh, so passionate about the industry and helping people out. And uh, Thank you for letting me share and connecting with me. Yeah, I had a great time. And it's, you know, Blackpool's loss is Milwaukee's game. That's all I can say. And if <laughs> you have to make it out here, we're going to go on the big one and have a nice piece of rock. And for anyone that's listening on your side of the water, you're thinking, what has she just said? But it, trust me, Google it. It's this horrendous roller coaster ride, isn't it? As you look out over the... I so I used to live in South Shore, which is like where 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 uh, the Pleasure Beach is, and I there's like a red ramp that you go over over the train tracks, which are right by it, and it literally was like I could walk to the Pleasure Beach from my house. Yeah. So I and we used to hear at night we just hear ah! and it was every time the big one had to drop we could hear it. And uh, that was our summer. So uh, lucky you, or, or I don't know, maybe not so much li living next to screens every day. Well, it's been an absolute joy and pleasure as I knew it would be. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Leisha.